Welcome to the Mom Needs a Moment podcast. We're your hosts, Chrissy and Cindy, co-founders of Her Health Collective. We are two moms obsessed with revolutionizing the way moms take care of themselves. We are so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Clutter has different effects depending on the type of person you are. According to Connie Ellefson, you can start anywhere on your decluttering journey, and there is a rush of energy we get from decluttering and organizing a space. This energy is the same rush we get from exercising or releasing emotional burdens. Connie Ellefson is an engineer, author, and professional organizer working in the Denver metro area. She helps people release the incredible amount of creativity and energy tied up in the unnecessary clutter. Whether that's physical, mental, or professional clutter, it takes up space in our psyches and calendars that could be put to more productive, creative, and fun use. She joins us for this discussion to talk about her new book, Clear the Space, Feel the Rush. We are so excited to be here with Connie today. Connie, we always like to start our interviews by letting our expert guests introduce themselves because then we kind of know what's important to you and what stands out in your mind as something that we should know. So the question is, who are you? Why do you do what you do? What are your current struggles as a mom or care provider? You can choose which question to focus on, what you'd like to share, but we give you a two minute time frame. So that's okay. the only caveat. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a creative person. I started college as an art major, but then I ended up in engineering because I didn't know how I'd make a living. So uh, I've been doing engineering for a long, long time and I've two grown sons who each have a wonderful wife and daughter. I've written four books. This is the one that, that I'm talking about wow. is my fourth one and they're not on related subjects. So that's kind of unusual, but I'm a person that has likes lots of different interests. When I grew up, my family and I moved very often because of my dad's work. He worked for an oil company every six months to a year and sometimes even more often. And for several years, we lived in a little trailer uh, 344 square feet for a family of four. And then um, eventually, so I always learned to travel light. But 25 years later, I was married and had two sons and a husband. And we moved from a big house to a little bit smaller one. And it took me and five big guys four and a half hours to get everything into the moving van, a big moving van. So I'm like, what happened? Because <laughs> I spent my entire childhood, even up through graduating college, traveling light and dreading the next move and trying not to have too much stuff, right? So that's when I started downsizing and decluttering. And eventually I realized because I'm an organizing book junkie that just because you have the perfect system for organizing and decluttering doesn't mean it's gonna stay that way or you're ever gonna get it done or whatever. So I realized that the mental and emotional part of it might be a lot bigger than just the system, just the stuff. And also there's clutter in your body sometimes too, if you don't take good care of yourself all the time. I mean, none of us does all the time, but you can develop clutter in your body that slows you down as well. So that's why I wanted to write the book that I, I'm currently talking to people about. And I discovered lots of stuff along the way, not just, not just about decluttering different aspects of your life, but how it can impact you in the long run and, and even things beyond that. 
Oh my gosh, Connie, I love it. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with you. And so much of what you just said resonates. Why is that? We we get this beautiful system in place and it's working wonderfully. And we do, we have to maintain it. You have to, whether it's your body or your physical space or it, you have to keep up with it. And yeah. why is that so dang hard? <laughs> <laughs> why it feels impossible. Like life just happens. And then, I mean, I have a six-year-old, so mm -hmm. I say all the time, for sure. Why am I, why do I bother cleaning the house on Saturday? Because by Sunday it's a mess. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to learning from you and picking your brain and hearing all that you have to say on this topic. Great. Thanks so much. Connie, real quick, what are your other books? Just, just so we have them mentioned. Okay. The first one was called The Melting Pot Book of Baby Names, and it's got names from 50 countries arranged by country. And it was written way before the internet. So, you know, it's much easier to find that stuff now, but it's been, it's still actually in print as an ebook on Amazon with a slightly different name. And then uh, my second two books were about Xeriscape, which is low water landscaping because I'm really into conservation. So I wrote two books about making your making a beautiful landscape without spending a bunch of water. Oh, I love it. My husband wants a garden. We yeah. just haven't gotten to that. We have it all um, staked out in the back, but we just haven't made that our priority project yet. Let's just yeah. say. <laughs> it's a ton of work, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to asking you this next question. It's okay a fun, quirky, surprise, get to know you question. So you don't have any idea what the question is. And I don't know what the question is either. But if you could pick a number between one and 31, I will give you the question. That you 27. Have. Okay. What are you most thankful for? Hmm. Well, I'm thankful that I'm older than I was. <laughs> and I'm a lot wiser. I've learned recently that if you unless you get derailed by dementia or alzheimer's or something you get smarter as you get older and all the life experiences make your life a lot richer and easier because there's lots of stuff you don't worry about anymore so yeah just getting older and learning to just seriously appreciate the people in my life what a miracle each one of them is so nice. um yeah, there's lots of good things to enjoy in life, even if it's not, didn't turn out exactly how you thought it was going to, or what you think, you know, society tells you it should be or whatever. So true. And I'm just curious, does the smartness come out once the kids leave the house? Is that when I become <laughs> more smart? Because right now I just feel. It does like help it. a lot. It does. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. That's yes. really good to know. <laughs> Yeah, it's my kids are actually in their 40s, so they're very successful. And I'm going to preempt a question that might come at the end. The hardest part for me about being a mom is not getting too involved in their lives. And uh, I was wondering not, that. Not getting giving them a bunch of advice or whatever. That's yeah. that's just my idea. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty smart. I'm pretty wise, but I'm not them. So just stay encouraging and help them when I can, but not, not go too overboard. It's a different role that you're, you're playing now and you got to kind of learn the new landscape. Do you have grandchildren? Do you have yes. any grandkids? Okay. Two, yeah. two little girls. Each of my sons has a, has a daughter and an adult. So that's, and that's a whole different, beautiful journey. I hear it's even more amazing according to all the grandmothers I know yes. because you get to do all the amazing things and then apparently you get to leave. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I love what you said about aging too. I think 
we actually just had an interview with Deb Benfield. Um, her Instagram handle is Aging Body Liberation, and it's all about aging with grace and vitality and embracing age. And it's just a topic. I'm also reading Dr. Sanjay Gupta's book about the brain, which is fascinating. I'm obsessed with anything to do with the brain. And there's just been all this information coming at me lately about aging and that it's not all doom and gloom and there's hope and just take care of yourself. Positive vibes. I'm liking it. I'm liking this yes. trend that I'm, I'm getting with it. But we do want to dive into decluttering because that is your area of expertise and the book you wrote. And we're so excited to just hear more about it, learn more about it. So the book is called Clear the Space. And the call to action in Clear the Space is to upcycle all the areas of your life, reevaluate your choices, find greater appreciation for all that you have, which I am getting a vibe that that's a theme for you, which I, I'm here for. I love it. And rediscovering the joy and enthusiasm within. Each of these components sound like an important piece of the puzzle when it comes to finding peace and calm in our lives. Can you walk us through this? What does it mean to quote unquote upcycle all areas of our life? Upcycle is different than recycle. It's where you take something that already exists and you improve on it. So you're not trying to turn yourself into a different person. You're just bringing out the amazingness that's already there. And we tend to hide behind all kinds of clutter in our lives because it's easier. It's too much stuff kind of slows us down. And so we just kind of, kind of hobble through things. And then there's always emotional clutter to clear out and you don't, you'll, you're never going to get it done in your whole life. You're never going to get it all cleared out. But each new thing you learn about yourself and you're able to let go of. And in my book, I present several techniques for releasing mental and emotional clutter. Some are very, very simple and some might require the, the help of a therapist. But there's lots of stuff you can do all along the way and it's ongoing. So each new thing you discover about yourself is a way of upcycling. It's just discovering the amazing person that you are. The most interesting things about the physical body was I heard about an experiment long ago that was done at I believe the Rockefeller Institute where they kept chicken cells alive in a Petri dish for 34 years. So this is way longer than any chicken would live. And all they did was, of course, they kept feeding them the sugar water or whatever, but they cleaned away the wastes every day. And uh, at one point, somebody forgot to clean away the waste for two or three days, and that's when the cells finally died. So I'm like, wow, <laughs> if you keep your body decluttered, I'm not condoning, you know, these huge cleanses that are like pretty thorough and <laughs> just something gentle, but there's lots of, there's lots of ways to do it gently, but keep your body pretty clean and it's likely to live much longer and in, and in much better health near the end. And that's a lot of the degenerative diseases that happen in our society are, are caused by body clutter. So it's good to keep that out as you go and not try to get rid of it all at once. Yeah. You mentioned having a bunch of different strategies, some quick and easy and some harder and more time consuming, possibly needing a therapist. Can you share a couple of those? Maybe some of oh, your sure. a couple of your favorite ones with us? Yes. One of my favorites is one I just learned in the last couple of years. It's called the 10-minute do-nothing meditation. And that's where you sit somewhere, and hopefully you're looking at a nice view, but it doesn't even really matter. And you just kind of stare into space or look at the view, 
you're not meditating or praying or thinking or planning. You're just sitting there getting bored with yourself. And sometimes I ask the question, what do you want me to know? So I'm asking God or the angels or my higher self or whatever, what would you like me to know? And then almost always within that 10 minute frame, some idea comes into my head that either reminds me of something that I forgot about that I need to do, or it's just some new insight, just sometimes amazing insights. And sometimes, and then I try to write them down as soon as I get done. And sometimes I even do it as I'm as I'm in the middle of the 10 minutes because they're just coming so fast. Sometimes the idea comes later in the day, but it definitely just calms you down. I mean, we're we are busy people in our brains. We're always looking for trouble. That's what we're hardwired for. So we forget to appreciate things that are that are very pleasant right now. They're not a problem at all. But we're thinking about, we're worried about future, or we're anxious about the past, or feeling guilty, or whatever. So right in the present, it's usually pretty good, and it gets you right calmed down. It calms down your amygdala, your fight or flight, so that you can you can actually use that brain power that we all have to solve whatever problems are facing you today or this you know this time. So it's extremely powerful. Couldn't get much simpler unless you have little kids. Then I guess you got to figure out a strategy. <laughs> Go sit you know, in your I, car was, I was going to say that's a, a super simple and yet incredibly challenging one, <laughs> but to get alone in your head, it's hard to do. But when you can find that space, you're right. The, the peace, the, the insights, the epiphanies that can come to you will often blow your mind. I, it's amazing how innate how much innate wisdom we all have if we give ourselves the time and the space to be alone with our thoughts which is just hard to do in this day and age yes Um, i i absolutely love that very much i i would love to know if you have your own upcycle journey that you went through in your home in your life yes as i mentioned this huge huge amount of stuff that we moved (laughs) we moved with and then I forgot to mention at the other end of the complexity spectrum for uh, mental and emotional clutter is there are chiropractors that do a thing called neuroemotional technique. And it's an advanced form of tapping, which you might've heard of, emotional freedom technique. And that's where you're tapping on the endpoints of the meridians and talking about something that's bugging you right now. And it, it calms you down within five or 10 minutes. And so that's a simple way you can help yourself, but you really want to get it like super powered, then you might go to a chiropractor that does this neuroemotional technique because it's it's sort of that tapping thing very quick on steroids. So over the years, I I discovered that probably the number one thing I would tell anybody about anything is first declutter the guilts. Where, as you mentioned, especially Americans, we're very ambitious and project-oriented and goal-oriented and so forth. So we may feel bad that we haven't gotten to a certain place by now. I was interacting with someone on TikTok yesterday. It's a young woman who has two little kids and a husband, and she was feeling bad that her laundry room had gotten out of order again because just a few months earlier, she'd done, done a video about, and she's got like half a million followers or something like that, some big number. Anyway, she said, I I feel kind of silly because I just did this a few months ago and and now it's a mess again. 
And so I wrote in a comment and I said, you have a six, six month old, <laughs> you get a complete buy on any of that stuff. And she wrote back and said, thank you for your comment. It was very kind. And I often struggle with mom guilt. So I'm thinking, okay, mom guilt, if you refuse to feed your hungry child, that would be that, you know, mom guilt, I would say that's justified. Your laundry room not being in order. No, 100% not worth it. So being kind to yourself is the biggest journey that we all have to learn. And it's been like I'm almost almost 70 and I'm still learning new stuff all the time and and I love it. But it's mainly just learning how to be kind to yourself, listen to yourself and appreciate just all that you have. This episode of Mama Needs a Moment is sponsored by Camp Gladiator. Camp Gladiator is a health and fitness platform for all ages and fitness levels. They provide workouts that are designed and trained by certified personal trainers. Whether that is through their outdoor fitness platform, live online workouts, or through their on-demand library. They also have certified nutrition coaches and registered dietitians who offer nutrition coaching. I love working out with Camp Gladiator and have been for almost a year now. I think one of the things I love most is the positive environment and community that not only works out together, but also becomes a family outside of camp while supporting and giving back to the community. CG members can participate in an unlimited number of workouts each month, and the super fun outdoor workouts include dumbbells along with other fitness toys, which are my favorite, the balls, the bands, the ropes, the fire hoses, so much fun. And the virtual workouts use dumbbells and other things that can be easily found around your home. Camp Gladiator members have a primary trainer that will keep you motivated, accountable, and will be there to do all they can to help you get the most out of your fitness journey. CG is also great for moms. I can't remember how many camps I've been to where I've seen moms with their children in tow, whether in a carrier, a stroller, plus you'll see older children working out alongside their parent, which is always awesome to see. Sometimes they even use their children as an extra weight or just to bring them into the movements because they want to. They have an amazing number of workouts that are offered all throughout the day. You can catch outdoor and live online workouts from 5 a.m. until 10 p.m. And the on-demand ones are available 24 hours a day. Anyone can join Camp Gladiator for a full week of free workouts. Get your free week using the link in the show notes. This book that I wrote took 14 years <laughs> and I could feel pretty bad about that, but I'm not going to because I got amazing insights right at the very end of the journey that made it into a different book. And the reason that I couldn't get to it for all these years was I got super busy with my engineering. I finally gave up on being employed at regular offices because I kept getting laid off in the aftermath of 9-11, my particular uh, specialty really went up and down. So four times in six years, I got laid off and I thought, time for a new career. That's when I went into professional organizing for a while. But then I started doing consulting and the engineering got so much work that I couldn't get back to my computer for a long time. I couldn't face another hour a week on the computer. So I learned to just go ahead and give myself credit for what I was getting accomplished and keep learning stuff along the way. But in general, it's it's a matter of accepting yourself and seeing 
seeing the possibilities still in your future. So uh, it's all a journey and you guys are doing good. And I'm sure everybody that's listening is doing good because 99% of us are really nice people. And that's, that's something we have to figure out too. Gosh, yes, I love that, Connie. And I'll just throw this out there for you that I think taking 14 years to write a book shows an incredible amount of persistence that you didn't give up on the dream and you kept coming back to it. And Mm -hmm. I I think that says a lot because most people just kind of give up on that dream. So kudos to you. Thank you. I I had a, a big aha moment right at the end of this book writing. I was doing a workation in another state. Like I need to get away from my house and just focus. So I was staying in an Airbnb and my clothes were all nicely put away. They had nice storage for the clothes and and I had my book bag and at night I would work on my laptop and then I would at work till nine, I just crash and go to sleep. So I had my my computer, my book bag, maybe a snack or you know, a drink or water or whatever, my notes that were kind of in a stack. And that was it. And I go to sleep and I'd wake up and it would take me 10 minutes to put all that stuff back together, put my laptop away and go to the place that I was going to work on it during the day. And I thought, if it takes 10 minutes for like three or four things <laughs> to get handled and maintained, how long is it going to take in somebody's home when you have maybe 100,000 items? Like I've heard that even an average American family could have 100,000 items in their house. Oh, I and, believe it. And I'm thinking, okay, that must be paper clips too and and screws and nails that you keep somewhere. I don't know. I don't even want to, I don't even want to look. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's overwhelming. Yeah, I love so. how you've talked about being a mom and mm-hmm. how you've talked about your your career. Were, you were a civil engineer, is that yes. correct? Okay, I still am. Yes. Okay. And and um and I did when I was young. My kids were young. I tried to write books when you know they're around. I, sometimes I try to work at home, and I, my brain it just like can't do it because like most moms, I'm more focused on what's going on with them even if I'm trying to leave them alone and let them play on their own, it's entertain themselves. It's, I just can't do it. So it's, it's a phase of life and you have to accept that about yourself and, and recognize the wonderful job that you're doing in another arena. Even if some creative urges of your own are having to sit by the wayside for a little while. And when you say that, it, it makes me think of when the, the saying, like when you're in it, it's so hard to see beyond it. You know, like, for example, before you have kids, I remember my sister had kids and I was always watching her and I, I was like, she'd look at me one time and she said, I can never have nice things in my house because the kids will destroy them. And I was like, at that point, childless. So I was raising my hypothetical children (laughs) in my mind. And so, um, she was like, I I was like, well, just tell them no. And (laughs) until I had kids Mm -hmm. and now I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally get it. So when you're talking about the season of life and Mm -hmm. just being in the season, it makes so much sense, but it's really hard to do, to stay where you are. But I love that you talk about how chaotic it can be and you understand it because of your experiences. Mm -hmm. And on your website, you mentioned that if life feels like a constant effort and you want to feel the rush, you'll be motivated to find more ways to live a simpler, lighter, and more gentle experience. Right. Simplicity is so hard. Minimalism 
is hard, regardless of whether we're talking about this with our minds and organization in our minds and our bodies, or if we're talking about physical items, our space Mm -hmm. around us. Yes. So if we were to talk about this in terms of both, I mean, take it into both directions, I'm going to direct it a little bit more towards things right now. Sure. Um, But not only do parents fight against consumerism in our own lives, Mm -hmm. keeping everything we have in order, but we are also battling consumerism in and for our children. Absolutely. Parents are also trying to control all the items that accumulate through different things like school. My kids bring home so many papers and books and notebooks and supplies. I think at the end of the school year, it takes me the entire summer to go Mm -hmm. through the pile of stuff before we start the new school year to get ready. But my kids also have lots of crafts and they have creative pursuits and even going through their closets and getting rid of clothing and whatnot is overwhelming. And you were speaking about upcycling. And when you were speaking about that, it was more, I took it from thinking about it as decluttering your mind, Mm -hmm. but I can also see, and from my own experience, know that my external world, the amount of clutter that I have around me influences my internal world. So I was just curious on how we accomplish living a simpler, lighter, and more gentle existence as parents when we're doing our own stuff, but we also have to think about our children and their stuff too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you just have to give yourself a ton of credit because it's not, it's not in any way easy. I could suggest some boxes for all those school supplies, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, just to keep them confined and not just in a pile. Piles are very debilitating. (laughs) When I thought about my little trip and I had so few things to put away. It's, you know, it's just mind boggling how much you would have to get rid of to make it so, so easy to put everything away and teach your kids to do that too. I read about one mom who had two little kids and she would spend the last part of the evening before they went to bed. She would help them put their toys back on the shelf or whatever. And she would talk about their day with them. So she, she made an effort to make the putting away part, a pleasant experience and a part of their routine so that they'd enjoy it and it would become a habit for them. I know it seems like when you're in the middle of it, and I and I, I went through this too, but it seems like it's never going to end <laughs> when you're right in the middle of it. But one day I was driving my son who was 16 at the time. I was taking him to get some new tires on his car. I could see him in the rear view mirror driving behind me. And all of a sudden I went, Yesterday, you were as long as my forearm, and now you're driving your own car. That's insane. So the season of child raising is normally a relatively small part of your life. So it's just a matter of keeping perspective. So having all these different organizing books, including mine, we need to keep encouraging ourselves and realizing that it is going to end. You know, I read magazine articles still, even about working with kids or having a family, having a young family. And they said, the chaos is part of the fun. So Mm -hmm. sometimes you just need to find some inspiring words that keep you going from one day to the next. And maybe you're reading a different book the next week, but 
if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. Just go ahead and give yourself that gift and remember that it, it is going to transition to something different someday, especially if they're really feisty and obnoxious kids, then they will have their kids one day and you will be able <laughs> to get true. your revenge. <laughs> That's true. Sometimes I can get information overload when I uh -huh. start to get all these different ideas of how to organize. And to me, the easiest solution is to help my children understand that everything around them is not necessarily needed to keep them happy. They don't need mm -hmm. things to be happy. I mean, my, my daughter will save all of these little things that come from the dentist office, you know, after they get their teeth cleaned and then they get the, the little toys mm -hmm. and I mean, she, she's got trinket Ziploc bags <laughs> and I'm like, can't we just please get rid of these? No, they're special to me. Yeah. So yeah, keeping a perspective of saying they're not always going to be special to her. Eventually right. I will be able to <laughs> throw them yeah. out. And then when I'm ready to throw them out, I'll be like, Oh, remember when she, <laughs> you can use them as them? wedding favors one day I... at her wedding. Oh <laughs> 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 <a> great idea. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our discussion with Connie as much as we did. Here are our three takeaways. Number one, to upcycle is different than to recycle. Upcycling is where you take something that already exists and you improve on it. So as you go through the decluttering process, you're not trying to turn yourself into a different person. You're just bringing out the amazingness that's already there. Our authentic selves are often hidden behind all kinds of clutter in our lives. That includes not only what we see, but also the mental and emotional clutter. It's easier to hide behind the clutter rather than confront and clean out the clutter, but too much stuff slows us down. There's always emotional clutter to clear out, and it's an ongoing lifelong process. Each new thing you learn about yourself and things that you're able to let go of is a way of upcycling and discovering the amazing person you already are without the clutter slowing you down. Number two, in Connie's book, clear the space, feel the rush. She presents several techniques for releasing mental and emotional clutter. Some are very, very simple and some might require the help of a therapist. One of the first things she encourages people to do is to declutter the guilt. Americans are very ambitious, project-oriented and goal-oriented individuals. So it's not uncommon for someone to feel bad that they haven't gotten to a certain place in their life by now, but this is self-deprecating behavior and will only cause despair. Each person is on their own journey with their own timeline and working through their own clutter. This takes me to number three. Connie said, being kind to yourself is the biggest journey that we all have to learn and that it's a constant process. There are numerous ways to be kind to yourself, to listen to yourself, and appreciate all that you have. Some people choose to read motivational books. Others choose to have motivational statements around to read. Others make games out of cleaning up and decluttering the excess that's weighing them down. The point is, each person is different. Connie encouraged listeners to find something that triggers a reminder for themselves without guilt that life is going to transition to something different someday. So try to find ways to embrace the chaos 
of the present moment. Make sure you come back next week when we continue our discussion with Connie and further talk about the impact clutter has on our body, mind, and spirit. We also discuss Connie's specific approach to decluttering and how it's different from methods that other professionals may use. High five, friend. We've enjoyed hanging out with you. Follow us to be the first to know when we drop a new episode. If you've enjoyed your time with us, let us know by leaving a review. We always love hearing from you. Until next time, stay true to you.